the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views of the host and guests are their own, and not those of 9.30 a.m. The Answer or Salem Communications. Ready? It's time for Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Two hours of gardening facts and fun with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch. To be a part of the show, call 308-8867. That's 308-8867. Or toll free at 866-308-8867. And now, live from Millburgers Landscape and Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road, here's your host, Milton Blake. And welcome to the very first episode of Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Broadcast, but well, we're recording it today because the nursery's closed. Right. This is 2017, the very first one of 2017. What did All I right. say? I know. How many years? <laughs> um, I think seven, I, I say 17. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a year, year longer. I'm, year thinking, yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking 18. 18 or 19. Once, once we went back, and I, and of course, it doesn't do us any good to go back unless we write it down. And then, unless we write it down and re- remember where we wrote it down. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> Milton writes things down all the time. Yeah, and um. never remembers them. <laughs> so, how sh- oh, the nursery's closed today. Yeah. So uh, we're recording this in advance. Um, and it's going to be close tomorrow, too, isn't it, or is it? Uh, Monday. Yeah. Oh. No, no, no. I think it's open again on Monday. It's Just New Year's open. Day. Okay. So um, a lot of people commented, got a lot of emails uh, about the Onion show. People yeah. wanted, more wanted, the Onion, huh? Yeah, they wanted part two. They said that it, they couldn't get enough. And well, Calvin, Calvin <laughs> got an article <laughs> coming out. <laughs> if I could use profanity, Calvin's got this look on his face that just says, um, "Yeah, go to heck." <laughs> he says, "I don't believe you." Well, I've been thinking about the Onion article. Oh no! How, how long it is? <laughs> yes, that's, that, that's what. Yeah, I need trying to boil it down into into mm. two sentences. What? Yeah. Two sentences. Two sentences? <laughs> the, the most important part of the article. Yes. What we're talking about, for those of you who hadn't picked up on this, is uh, I wrote a rather extensive uh, article on growing it onions was, in containers. It was eight pages typed. Uh, <laughs> Single space. Single space, yeah. 8.8 font or whatever. <laughs> but the the most important thing on growing onions is the choose the right select, right variety, which we don't have to worry about around here because uh, our nurseries nurseries have them. Nur- nurseries that's all they sell is the uh, short day, intermediate day varieties that do well in this area, not not the long day varieties that they use in the north, but uh, to use the right variety and to fertilize the heck out of it. Keep a constant fertility. And uh, the the twist this time, uh, especially in containers, is to use a a, a slow-release fertilizer. 
Now, we talk about using the lawn, slow-release lawn fertilizers around the plants about every two to three weeks. But uh, when you're doing a container, that, that's not the fertilizer that you use. You use something like Osmocote. Osmo, o, O-S, Osmo, o, O-S-M-O, O-M-C-O-O-C-O-T-E. You got like Osmocote. extra letters in there. <laughs> it's Osmocote Plus. It's, anyway, a, it's okay. what it's sold in the nursery. <laughs> and uh, mix that mix copious amounts of in in with your in your planting container uh, before you plant, and you'll uh, you'll uh, it'll feed oh, before the, it'll feed the plant. Yeah, before you plant. Okay, and it'll it'll feed the plant uh, all through the growing season. And anybody that hasn't gotten enough. Onion talk from our <laughs> last few programs. Uh, Jerry's very long and detailed article is in PlantAnswers.com. And That's then, right. Then my article is coming out uh, soon uh, um, in the Express News. Can't remember exactly. I think uh, maybe not this next Saturday, but the Saturday after. Okay. Express News, and it, it talks about uh, onions in as a. Uh, container plant and in the garden but it also talks about in a container uh growing them with uh lettuce because there's so many neat uh colorful varieties of lettuce that you can mix with the colorful varieties of onions that's a cool idea and the and the kids kids seem to like them you know if you got grandkids and they because they're easy to plant and in a container it's kind of a self it's a contained my territory kind of thing which is kids really respond to yeah so anyhow, that's going to be a short version. If for those of you that only want six hundred words about onions, that's, that's where to look. And those of you that want eight thousand words about onions, what do you do? For, you do you send a picture, or do they get the picture? They generally get the pictures, but if uh, you want to send pictures, send yeah, I'd pictures. be glad to send some pictures okay. if they need them. Because yeah, they may their library on onions may not be nearly as. Details. It's your library on onions, <laughs> especially onions in containers. Yeah. yeah, and there'll be. I can see Jerry now has twenty-four versions of onions. This is an onion with lighter green than the last onion. <laughs> I, I actually think I thought about doing a web page on onions, but of course, uh, Dixondale Farms. Yeah, uh, DixondaleFarms dot com have. Good big onion, good onion pictures that that they're not in containers. Oh, but uh, that they're uh, their people send them uh, every year. They uh, they're the largest onion transplant producer in the, I think in the world. I'm going to say in the world, and uh, definitely in the United States. But uh, the but anyway, they encourage their their. Uh, People that grow grow onion grow their onions to send in pictures, so they send in pictures with children with uh, oh how cool standing by. That's onions. a pretty exclusive group. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, the uh, onion uh, not quite as exclusive as the rutabaga growers. <laughs> no, like, no, the rutabaga growers. Are, yeah, yeah. People take pride in their onions, and I, you know, for some reason, people when when I was working with the topsy turvy people, the container people. They were saying that, uh, you know, I was saying, 
biggest onion I've ever grown was in the, in in one of your containers. In the containers, they did a heck of a lot better than the tomatoes in a container because they'll tolerate some shade. And that oh. that was the downfall of the topsy turvy. If you didn't grow it in a greenhouse, if you grew it on a patio where they took all the pictures. Then uh, you were growing it in too much shade, so it wouldn't be it wouldn't be productive. It'd grow spindly, and basically be a disaster. Well, the peppers did okay, didn't they? Peppers did pretty good because they're they're not as sensitive to shade as uh, as other because they they didn't have as much fruit as uh, as had they been in the full sun. Or as Jerry would say, fruit. You wanted fruit? <laughs> <laughs> oh! <laughs> but, but anyway, the onions are, are forgiving on, as far as that's concerned, but they didn't want to promote an onion topsy-turvy. Well, it's just the world, the, there's people in the world like that that they just don't... They don't get onions? Yeah, no, they don't. They, they don't uh, How rude. The world does not revolve around onions for some people. Oh. Mm. So... That one man it does. That one man that calls us every year and yeah. says, "When are y'all going to put back the old onions?" Or there you go. He wanted a pungent onion. Yeah. I think we can probably say that you are the world's authority on photographs of onions in containers. Though. Maybe so. That'd be exciting, I got some wouldn't good it? Ones. Boy, that title will get you far. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll so. be on his uh, tombstone, huh? <laughs> that, uh, our our. Our greatest local onion. <laughs> I don't know if we dare say he's photographer in containers. Yeah, there's two or three other. We t- we, and I don't want to get into that again. But we <laughs> we discuss the uh, pioneers in onion breeding in Texas. And there you the, go. And the important role that uh, Paul Texas Leapers. Um, played in that in the development of onions. But um, so that but it, there is plenty of information on onions in plantanswer.com. Oh yeah, and yeah. I. T- tease about this uh, how to grow them in a containers article uh, but that article on the uh, breeding and development that, that's a cool that's a really cool article yeah i'll put that on i'll put a link to that on the front page of plantanswers.com we already have a uh well on the it's an that's another that, that's probably a pretty good article to introduce oh say middle school kids to science or, or agricultural Research kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. How? What? What? The, what does that mean? What would an onion researcher do? <laughs> then if, if you know they relate this onion, then they say, well, then, gosh, just think how if people get so excited about onions, just think how they, how they would respond to if I was a researcher to a real vegetable like tomato or no or watermelon or something like that. <laughs> or well, rutabagas. Yeah. No, well, man. in the in the in the past. Uh, because the acreage is down now, but onion used to be a multimillion-dollar crop in in Texas. Spinach too, right? Spinach, spinach still is, yeah. yeah. And uh, but uh, they used to grow onions all over the state. They used to grow start start the early onions or, or get the early onions going in uh, in the Rio Grande Valley. Seeding them at uh, on October the fifteenth, ten fifteen. Uh, that's what the ten fifteen is about. That's when you're supposed to seed them, and then uh, then they would seed them uh, a little bit later in the Winter Garden, which is the center of the state. 
and then they would seed some in and uh, for the spring in the spring up in the high plains of, of Texas, up around Lubbock and uh, Muleshoe and up in that area. Now, this is fascinating, and I'm sure we'll have to talk more about onions during the rest of the show, but... Um, <laughs> He's uh, going to change the subject. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 what? Uh, I, I, you know, yesterday, yesterday my column, I believe it was about uh, care of poinsettia, and one of the the things... You mean after, after care? Yeah, kind of, you know, we've talked about this before. It's tough enough to get people to really take care of them prior leading up to the holiday oh but yeah once the holiday you know we're talking about a plant here that can be beautiful and decorative for five months if you want to keep it keep it well watered and uh keep it out of drafts that's one of the keys is you know don't don't let the freezing temperatures get near it well even even 40 degrees be real careful about uh those temperatures and wind Mm. and, and heat registers will really uh, reduce the life and then but the the real key is the water and we talk about the uh, Jerry and his uh, son did some research on ice cubes mm-hmm. as a as a, a low ma- uh, maintenance a low demand kind of way to keep them watered during the week and then once a week you go to your sink and you soak them let it run through the dri- the drip hole and let them just drain there in the in the sink, and then you put them back out on display, and use. Um, I talk about. Uh, I don't remember if I talk about six, sixty, sixty-eight cube uh, ice cubes, and you put those ice cubes in there every day, and that'll maintain. It's a deficit watering, but it'll maintain enough to keep the plant in good shape usually, and then you make up the deficit when you take it to the uh, sink every week then also in the article we talk about uh, how to if you want to grow them after afterwards it's much easier now with these new varieties than it was in the old days maybe that was part of the attraction jerry having to have one of your closets for the (laughs) 12 hours of uh, dark for your poinsettias but people would leave them in there they wouldn't take them out after the 12 hours i i have to say though that this this uh, cold spell when was it the 20th yeah yeah that took out ours on the uh east side of our our house oh you had some planted that we know we had them in containers oh no and they were good color red color you know I Uh i was getting all this uh, uh, questions about how do I get our we get our color in January? Why don't we get it in December? And I was saying, I'm not exactly sure. We got our color now. Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right, right, you know, right. Right now, our color is is brown for dead leaves. But mm. that was a that was a pretty serious uh, a freeze. Oh yeah, yeah. It was long, long, and. Uh, and so the important thing is, did your cyclamen make it, Ken? Are you hearing that? Oh, uh, was it? That your heartbeat? Telephone. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Did uh, do we need to take a break? Or are you okay? Um, no, we can go. We'll keep we'll okay. Keep going. Okay. So, did your cyclamen make it, Calvin? It did. Well, we it we did. got. Did you see his little email that he got? Yes. You know, I I, I tried to pressure him on the show to. 
to cover, and he said, I'm not covering. Okay. <laughs> so about the day, day before the cold front came through, Milton and I got this little email said, I'm thinking I'm going to cover. <laughs> what well, changed your mind? Just uh, they kept talking about how cold and windy it was going to be? Yeah, and then I did that. You know, sometimes you get out there and you and they had a feel of that. Yeah. Oh. Of a powerful cold. It wasn't just a, a windy, uncomfortable. This this was like a you know, blue northern kind of feel, yeah kind of feel. It was. It was a straight blue northern. It was coming straight down too. All right, we're gonna take a quick break while we do uh, just to sit back, relax. Don't call us, or you can call the board up. Who's running the show at 308-8867 and wish him a happy new year. We wish you a happy new year. The nursery's closed today. We'll be back in a moment on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Bull Road. Millburgers wants to take this time just to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. We hope you have a wonderful Christmas weekend. After the holidays, we want to remind you of something. Millburgers will help you get rid of your Christmas tree with their Christmas tree disposal. From January 2nd through January 13th, you can bring Christmas trees bought anywhere, not just at Millburgers. Now make sure you get rid of all the ornaments and lights and wires and metals, but bring them over to Millburgers. They'll dispose of them and give you a coupon good for 20% off any regularly priced merchandise purchased by February 28th, 2017. Now there's some little details in this, so go to MillburgerNursery.com to learn more. That's MillburgerNursery.com. We hope you're having a wonderful holiday, and Millburgers will be here after the holidays to help you have a wonderful 2017. From Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. Dale Wamsley explains what happens when the government gets involved in your money. Cycles have normal restrictions upon them. And if it was a pure and open marketplace, you could count on cycles to keep us going in the right direction in a safe zone forever. But my friends, when the government gets in and gerrymanders the world, cycles are not pure. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, weeknights at 9 on 930 a.m. The Answer. When the weather outside is frightful, the birds are more delightful. With colder temperatures, birds are active at the feeders. If you want to enjoy the beauty and the thrill of watching nature in your own backyard, Wild Birds Unlimited Nature Shops in San Antonio can show you how. There is nothing quite like the enjoyment you get from watching finches at the feeder or purple martins teaching their young to fly. Wild Birds Unlimited Nature Stores can help you create the perfect backyard nature sanctuary. Whether you're a novice or an expert, one that attracts a certain bird or that keeps squirrels away, or even one where you can sit back and watch the playful squirrels at the feeder. Wild Birds Unlimited also has unique items for the nature enthusiast. You'll find binoculars, wind chimes, chili hats, carved canes, art for the home, and more. Wild Birds Unlimited Nature Stores, with three San Antonio and Shirts locations, like Braun Road in 1604, or call 375-3611. That's 375-3611. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. Every year brings surprises, but 2016 might set a record. In the biggest news of the year, Hillary Clinton wasn't elected president of the United States, and Donald Trump was, thus reshaping our nation's entire political landscape. It was a year of populist uprisings around the world and the year that Britain voted to leave the European Union. Terrorist attacks continued, including a weaponized truck attack on Bastille Day in France. In Europe, a refugee crisis grew even larger. In 
Syria, the heartbreak continued, and in Turkey, a coup was defeated. 2016 brought the deaths of many, including dictator Fidel Castro, heavyweight champion Muhammad Ali, and Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia. The biggest surprise of all came when the Chicago Cubs broke a century-long streak of losing to win the World Series. Seriously, we can only pray that 2017 will bring good news for us all. I'm Albert Moeller. It's a new year, and big changes are on the road ahead, including a new president in the White House. Will President Trump unhitch the dead weight that continues to drag our economy down? Cut regulations massively. Will he finally steer us in the right direction on our illegal immigration problem? These are just a few bumps in the road for 2017. So buckle up. It should be a fun ride. Happy New Year from 930 AM. The Answer. And welcome back to the New Year's Day edition of Millburgers Gardening, South Texas. Dr. Calvin Finch, Dr. Jerry Parsons, I'm Milton Glick, and the nursery's closed today, so we're recording this for you. Uh, sit back and enjoy. We'll get you lots of good information, get you set for the new year uh, so that you can uh, do some great gardening in 2017. And I'm going to start off with another thing where I didn't follow our advice and I was actually told uh, that I didn't follow the advice. Um, I didn't cover, during the, the cold that we had, didn't cover geranium in a pot. Oh, man. Yeah, which my wife said, I thought they said to cover geraniums. And there I, you go. They did. I just forgot. And it, it went kaput. Oh, that's horrible. We've, that's uh, one of the dangers of having several mild winters yeah. and then, uh, then having a tough geranium. Like, yeah, uh, you know, what are, what are those? Uh, are, I can't uh, remember the names anymore. Fantasia what, series, Fantasia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, you know, they they can deal with heat so well, and uh, they do. We expected they would deal with cold pretty well too, but. That was that was a serious freeze. So yeah, it's all so crinkly. Remember, and my, black bro- and my brother wanted to take pictures of Fantasia geraniums in the snow, snow in Ohio. Yeah, and he put them he put put them out and <laughs> took pictures of it. It was in the twenties. Yeah, yeah, it probably looks like I might have I've got the pictures on Flint Answers of of, of Fantasias in the snow, but uh, he said. You know, they didn't look real good after, after, I got, after I brought them back in from taking their pictures in 20-degree temperatures. Now, yeah. I wonder if... The yeah, picture's uh, good, but... Uh, I wonder if Milton's stems will all be... Is, is just should I just fo- cut it back? or... No, it's just crinkly and black and... Yeah, uh, just just leave them alone and, okay. and, and uh, it's possible they can come back yeah. in spring. We'll okay. see, because this is a tough... Yeah, and I mean, you know... It was pretty. It was, it was the, blooming. Was it, was it against the... No. Uh, it was in a container in, in the yard. Wide open? Yeah. Meth. I know. We told you to put it again. I know wow. you did. Is there a law against that? <laughs> there ought to be. <laughs> All right. I'll see what happens. Three. Oh, oh, I, I was going to remember again. I, I, I can remember not to give it up. I got a, I got a feeling that uh, Milton, with his... Uh, um, Dream? Me, me with my poinsettias and you with your dreams oh. are not alone. I'll bet we everybody out yeah. in the audience kind of got caught on one of those. Uh, you know, well, I made it last year and the year before. I'll take a little chance this year. I, I almost did on my 
And uh, n- now, since I did cover the cyclamen, yeah, I can say I'm not absolutely sure they would have. Yeah, but uh, you didn't want to do a couple of them un- yeah, with, un- well, uncovered. And the, and the thing is, I have a one new bed out in the kind of more in the open, and I think they would have gotten uh, the the blooms knocked off. And as Jerry mentioned many times, bloom, getting your blooms knocked off cyclamen means that you're, you know, you got five or six uh, week wait. Oh, and, and and you you may not even get any more flowers this season if if the buds get knocked off too. I did see a um, a big box place that um, had them on sale. They were clearanced for two dollars each. No the blooms. Cyclamen? Yeah, no blooms at all. They looked they oh they were probably just about an inch off the soil uh, top. So I wonder if that was the freeze. I wonder if they didn't cover and then had to... I imagine so. Yeah. yeah. Yes. But the foliage, you know, the, the it's pretty. It looks good, but it's, it's... not why you buy it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> you well, you know, can uh, rebloom them, Anthony. No, I know, but I'm not going to... Put them inside, you know, just move move everybody out of your uh, patio room so that... Uh, and then let them rebloom yeah. there, but... Hey, on your poinsettias that you had by the house, did you have them in the same pots you bought them in, or do you repot them? Repotted them. Oh, cool. Does that help? Because you could control the moisture a little better maybe with them repotted or no? Yeah, we we always like clay clay pots, and clay pots require more watering. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I just meant because the soil. Y'all have talked about the fact that the soil is very, very oh. loose in the, in the ones you buy at the for the poinsettias at the at the nursery. So I thought, okay, well, what if you repot it? Would that help with this controlling of how much you have to water it and all the yeah, ice? I, and I think what helps is when you have it outside like that, and you can just go take the hose and water it any time it needs it. So and that's, the di- that's the difference. Now, the big, the big question is, uh, we, we kind of glance over this all the time. I'm, I'm looking at uh, uh, Neil Spears deal, and he's uh, his newsletter, and he's talking about uh, uh, talking about saving the points that is over and uh, keep it uniform moist at all times and try not to let it ever wilt. And uh, uh, you can either pre- uh, then he says uh, as soon as it's run uh, run it's run had it run of good looks you have a choice you can either prune it back 20 to 25 percent and repot into the next larger pot or you can discard it with the knowledge that will be more lovely points at it next Christmas then at the very the very last sentence he says beginning October 1st your plant must be given 14 hours of uninterrupted darkness at night and 10 hours of very bright sunshine in the daytime that will allow the plant to produce flower, flowering hormone that initiates blooming. I don't. I don't believe that's true anymore. Did you? Did you ever try to give yours a artificial? Uh, no, long not this. Day? Not this one at all. I'm we just sure we have it on a, against the house, facing the east. Okay. And so, um, generally, you know, we got lots of lights on the patio, but we generally don't run use them at night unless we have some kind of you know guests or something. So it's generally just the normal darkness, yeah, including the moonlit yeah, days. Yeah, and they they seem to function. I th- well. I th- see nobody nobody black cloth points that is anymore. They used to everybody black yeah. cloth. 
uh, give them this artificial the dark. Or the producers. Yeah, right? the producers. Okay. But I think they've bred that out of them. I don't think they're. So that's an old recommendation. Yeah. And that's just one of those things that we've accepted, and and we just keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think the times have changed. We need to eliminate that. Mistletoe. Yeah. Yeah, we've uh, we talked about <clears throat> that a little bit around uh, Christmas. I don't think anybody wants to keep their mistletoe after the holidays. Yeah, probably not. Um, that that's probably a good point to be um, toss the mistletoe away. Uh, you know, it's rare that it's involved in any kind of a, a pet problem, but mistletoe is one of those things that if you know if you've got a small dog or a cat that is inclined to chew things and finds those crunchy berries there um, I guess they may consume them and we and we don't think about the, the threat to from mistletoe because the birds all eat it yeah and just someday we'll we'll do it oh maybe Jerry can do a detailed research project on mistletoe and why the birds don't get poisoned and other things do, maybe we'll discover that, it, in fact, it's just a myth that they really aren't poisonous. Or, or maybe all, every bird that does, right after they... <laughs> it go, flies away and dies. Yeah, it goes, they go potty <laughs> on the next branch to spread the seed. Yeah. They, then they, they fall they, off. You find a body by every new uh, mistletoe. But anyway, yeah, keep track of the... and discard those those mistles, mistletoe plants. We... Uh, have a uh, situation here where we don't we don't have to really go buy mistletoe. Most most of us that have trees in our yard, especially mesquites, there's lots of mistletoe out there, or wires, uh, utility lines. Even where in the heck, in my neighborhood, I, I've noticed that the, there's a utility line that is, is loaded with it. And then of course we always mention Pleasanton. Uh, I'm sorry, not mistletoe. I was thinking of ball moss. Oh, yeah. I was getting off. Yeah, I was yeah. I was relating the two, which I shouldn't do because they're completely different. And uh, I don't know that I've ever seen mistletoe on anything that was uh, like uh, telephone, inorganic or no, telephone you know, poles. Right. Or, mistletoe is a parasite. Yeah. Does it does it harm? It doesn't help. Does it do stuff? Is it one of those things where it does a little damage, but you're never really going to see it? Yeah, it's it's uh, you know you'll it um, is pr- probably is not not generally I don't think it's ever identified as the the killer of a uh, mesquite tree, but uh, you know it it can p- contribute to weakness. They have a little tend they have a tendency to hang on and hang on and hang on anyway. Yeah. So Neil so, Neil Sperry says that. Uh, takes on the question, does mistletoe ever kill a tree? Mm. And he says, uh, <laughs> he beats around the bush and say, says that their life expectancy may be, may end up being shortened. Yeah, instead of 125 years, yeah, or maybe uh, 115 years. Or I think he's just assuming that. Uh, I, 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 a couple of years ago, I was telling everybody, you need to be spreading mistletoe to mesquites because that makes them pretty in the winter or uh-huh. evergreen in the winter. I figured it was because you appreciated it, uh, how important they were as a bird food. <laughs> no, but um, anyway, they they uh, like I said, uh, uh, the prettiest thing about a mesquite in the winter 
is not is not not its uh, debris falling in your yard, but uh, the mistletoe in the tree. Well, also their their uh, confirmation. Yeah, it's kind of really kind of neat and attractive, uh-huh. and you know these, these horizontal branches and everything. So now, now Neil there, there's a rumor. Maybe we should confirm this. There's a rumor that one of Jerry's most infamous TV shows was about harvesting mistletoe with a shotgun. Quit it. <laughs> I wouldn't have done that on TV. Shoot a shoot a gun on TV. That's, that's that seems wrong. That, that's the gun right. Gun rights or the gun unrights people would be. Uh, Raising hell with me. Yeah, well, this would, wouldn't that be, I don't know, I, I, would it be embarrassing to defending your, your right to have firearms so that you can shoot, <laughs> shoot missiles out of the Yeah, <laughs> probably. That's what the founding yeah, fathers yeah, wanted you I'm to do. I'm not worried about my personal or family defense. I'm worried about that darn mistletoe hurting my It wasn't to protect you from the yeah. government. It was to I'm protect saying, you from the mistletoe. Yeah, I'm, I'm preserving 10 years of extra life for my... Uh, <laughs> another, another thing that Neil says in his newsletter that I, I that took me back, he said that uh, uh, you'll hear reports of mistletoe being foul, uh, poisonous, which I've always heard, but that's unfounded. He said it's fake, fake horticulture news. Nonetheless, you should, you know... Uh, yeah. Well, we need you to check be that careful out with because I, yeah, I, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know who. I don't, Y'all have been pretty emphatic about that. I've always thought that, that, that all mistletoe yeah, was I have, poison. I've always heard too that that was a. And but I guess maybe that's fake horticulture news. Yeah. The well, contradiction. I, th- I think I'd let Neil stand alone on that one for uh, yeah. until you were more confident. The contradiction, of course, is the bird. The fact that the birds, you know, one in your toxic plant list, it's always listed prominently. And then, then, over in the uh, attracting birds to your landscape, you know, mistletoe is identified as a oh, is that right? Is an important. I didn't realize bird. That. Other than to test its toxicity, why would you want to be eating mistletoe? Well, he did, I they're know. talking about same reason that you if it falls into dogs or, or something. Oh, oh, eat oh. A, eat a I got you. Have you ever had a talk with your dog about eating <laughs> wrong thing? Or I mean, did did, did you one when you were trying to housebreak it? Did you have a chat with it too? And <laughs> well, that's why it wasn't, why he wasn't pooping. Why he was pooping everywhere instead of going outside? Yeah, they don't always listen to logic. Well, I know. Well, the, the dog's going to eat with the dog. And you even, and your dog is, is yeah. the, of the most intelligent breed. She is. Yeah. Now, our terriers yes. aren't quite as intelligent and are more independent than ornery. And boy, it's really hard to talk logic to them. <laughs> I started telling them that he couldn't eat that mistletoe. You know, the first thing she'd do is be going out there looking for mistletoe. mistletoe. Where is that? <laughs> yeah. Why can't I eat that? Let me that? try that. Let me find out what I he's talking about. I don't believe in these, <laughs> these horticultural myths. Yeah. Now, did you he's, mention that mistletoe grow, actually grows into the tree and is yeah. a parasite on the I tree? I can't even remember the the uh, entry point. Hostoria. Hostoria. Yeah, Hostoria. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, there, so and there's no there's no weed killer that you can spray the uh, mistletoe with. 
about the only way to get it out of the tree is actually cut the branch hmm. that it's growing on. Yeah, well, that that'll get it. How far do you cut it? That used to be. Is that one of the to the uh, inside uh, of the oh, those bacterial canker and peach trees where they used to the treatment used to be to cut the branches off and always I didn't see much feature in that. You ended up with these stubs, you know, and and uh, rarely did it. Uh, you know, the best thing there was just to let it run its course, get as many years out of it as you could. Hey, so you know what else? How, oh, we, oh, no, I was just wondering how far it goes in. So if you see it on a branch, how far are its tentacles inside the branch? It's it's in that vascular system. So if you cut them off, they have, there's people that every three or four years cut all the mistletoe off. Yeah. And three or four years later, it's... Comes back. back. Okay. So you have to cut the entire limb off. Mm. Or... Delivers. Yeah. Just to realize that it's it's a permanent kind of thing. You want to take a quick break before you get into your next subject? Yeah, we can do that. All right. We're going to take a break. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas. It's our first uh, show of 2017, and it's recorded uh, because the nursery's closed today. So we want to uh, make sure that on behalf of Millburgers, we wish you and your family a safe and happy New Year's Day. Hope you're having a wonderful one. Uh, hope you're enjoying the show. We're going to be back. Now, the nursery's open again tomorrow. We'll be back, um, of course, next week, as always. And uh, we'll be back in a moment on Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick for Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. Millburgers wants to take this time just to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. We hope you have a wonderful Christmas weekend. After the holidays, we want to remind you of something. Millburgers will help you get rid of your Christmas tree with their Christmas tree disposal. From January 2nd through January 13th, you can bring Christmas trees bought anywhere, not just at Millburgers. Now make sure you get rid of all the ornaments and lights and wires and metals, but bring them over to Millburgers. They'll dispose of them and give you a coupon good for 20% off any regularly priced merchandise purchased by February 28th, 2017. Now there's some little details in this, so go to MillburgerNursery.com to learn more. That's MillburgerNursery.com. We hope you're having a wonderful holiday, and Millburgers will be here after the holidays to help you have a wonderful 2017. From Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. Honey, they're back. Babe, this is ridiculous. These raccoons are destroying our attic, tearing out our AC ductwork, and keeping me awake half the night. And now I'm hearing scratching in the walls. We probably now have rats or mice, too. We paid two different bug companies to solve this. We need to call Critter Evictor. Martha at Work Use Them says they're experts in the market. They don't just block the one access point like the other guys did. They reinforce all current and potential access points and give us a 15-month warranty. Find them now. I can't take this anymore. Okay, okay, dear. I found them online. AnimalControlSanAntonio.com Let me type it in. AnimalControlSanAntonio.com and look, it says free estimates, and you're right, a 15-month warranty. Here, write this down, please. 210-441-4045. And great, they're locally owned and operated. I'm calling right now. Let's get them out of here today so I can get back to a good night's sleep. That's 210-441-4045. You got it. That's Critter Victor. Carol Zornio, we talk a lot about caregiving on Caregiver SOS on air, but what is it? 
Caregiving is caring for a family member, a friend, a loved one, someone who's in your life that needs help with bathing, dressing, buying groceries, medical appointments. If you do any of those things, you're a caregiver. And how can this program help? Caregiver SOS On Air has information from people who have been caregivers, who work with caregivers. It can be book authors, scientists, doctors, the latest information on caregiving right here on KLUP. And one of the things we learn from so many folks is they fail to ask for help when they need it. Well, caregivers do need help. We don't like to ask for help, but we need it. And you'll get tips on how to ask for help and how to have a better life as a family caregiver. Plus, there's a great website you can go to, caregiversos.org. Caregiver SOS on air, Sundays at 6 p.m. on 9.30 a.m., The Answer. Hi, Rose. Thanks for coming over for lunch. Come on in. Ah, thanks, Linda, for having me. Wow, it smells like garlic in here. Are you trying to ward off some vampires? (laughs) Not at all. I recently read an article on the health benefits of garlic, so I'm trying to add more into my daily diet. Why don't you just take Kyolic Aged Garlic? What's Kyolic Aged Garlic? Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract is the number one best-selling odorless garlic supplement on the market today. Notice I said odorless. Oh, really? Tell me more. Not only is Kyolic organically grown, but it's aged for 20 months, creating beneficial compounds not found in fresh or powdered garlic. Is there any research? Can you believe there's over 750 published scientific studies that prove aged garlic extract reduces many cardiovascular risk factors and supports overall immunity? So where can I get Kyolic? Kyolic aged garlic extract is available at fine health food stores everywhere. Check out their website at kyolic.com. And welcome back to Milberger's Gardening South Texas on 930 AM, The Answer. Milton Glick along with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch, and we're recording today's show because the nursery's closed, and they said, don't y'all come in and jump the fence again, or we'll have you arrested again. I got uh, caught on top of the fence. It was I know. embarrassing. It was embarrassing. That's how the police got you. <laughs> I mean, Calvin and I ran. <laughs> if you hadn't squealed on us, we probably wouldn't have never got caught. No. Uh, we'll help you down if you tell us who you were with. Okay, I don't care. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we're closed today, and uh, we're open again tomorrow, uh, but we were uh, talking and stuff. Do you want to get to uh, your stuff? Yeah, well, we we were talking about um, yesterday's article was on uh, New Year's resolutions for gardeners, and we do, we generally do this every every year, and we have a good good discussion about it. And, of course, you can have, you can have uh, resolutions that just affect your landscape and your garden, but there's also, uh, as we've learned with our work with the uh, master gardeners and gardening volunteers um, and uh, folks that have used their horticulture knowledge and their environmental knowledge to really have an impact on their communities. So you can, you, can, you, you know, you, your resolutions and your gardening knowledge can be used for the greater good of the, the community, too. One of the things we talk about a lot is... Uh, Getting kids involved, mm-hmm. young youngsters involved. I don't. Whatever that vegetable is that we've talked for the last four weeks 
Oh, children love to plant onions. (laughs) You try it, Calvin. They love to plant onions. Do they? Oh, yeah. Is that mentioned in the article? Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, No, I don't think it is. (laughs) Well, let's talk about that, children and onions. Okay, sorry, Calvin. You were were talking. That's rude. But that, I mean, that in general, onions are good. Onions and and lettuce are both visible in, in the kids' You know, and the, the important part of that is that they they have a little piece of their own garden. They have some uh, independence in making some decisions about it. And what's, that's what's neat about onions and the colored lettuce. You have at least four. I was at Millburgers. We had at least four different varieties of leaf lettuce, different right. colors. And uh, then the onions, of course, we've got four different varieties, six different varieties of onions, three different colors there. So the kids... You know, three grandchildren, they could each have a container, and it could be really be uh, some kind of a it'd be a fun thing for them. And then they they plant everything, which is easy to plant. Yeah. Oni- onions and lettuce are really easy to plant transplants. And they'll when they get done, they'll have a visible. And then every time they're involved or come visit, and probably will motivate them to come visit more often. Um, to really see some growth. Yeah, I, I planted, uh, for, you know, to have our, our Crawford lettuce, reseeding lettuce, we have to plant plant it and, and let it grow through the through the wintertime and, then where, and it won't freeze, and then uh, let it go to seed. So we'll have the, the seed next, so I guess it's March or April. But uh, we planted our... Crawford lettuce seed out at the San Antonio Botanical Garden uh, last week, and uh, just planted the put the seed. It, it's easy to plant, like you said, especially for kids because they got to plant it on top. They don't have to worry about covering it up or anything. So, uh, Dr. Larry Stein just roughed the ground up a little bit, and I came along afterward and just sowed the seed right on top of the roughed up ground. And uh, first rain, it'll come up. And uh, th- again, that seed uh, is available at uh, at Millburgers for free that's, of charge. That's right. That's kind of a fun. If you if you've got uh, even even now, you know, uh, for Christmas time, we had everybody's had visitors or went to visit someplace. If you think about some of those things, like getting your Crawford lettuce seed, carrying it with you to where you're going to visit. Mm-hmm. Or just having it, you know, when the kids get a little bored with their game, their electronic games or anything, and get them involved in the, the gardening and planting the, the seed, that's that's always fun. You can even go bigger than that. You know, we've talked about this before too, where you you uh, notice that your newly retired parent or long retired grandparents are just. Uh, not as excited about their status as they as they should be, and you, they need to get some more interest and get involved. That's what people say about me. <laughs> <laughs> Are they talking about you that way too? Yeah, well, I, I definitely do <laughs> do miss that big paycheck. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, you and I are. You and I are pretty busy for, uh, you know, we just don't get, we're, we're doing a lot of the same things we did before. Oh, yeah. Uh, but th- but that that's a lot of opportunities there in gardening. You can you can uh, give a gift of a, of a raised bed. Mm-hmm. You can even go build it, you know, bring your, your children and uh, 
build it for that uh, retired person. And, uh, you know, the whole process is, 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 is kind of enlightening, and then they get access to uh, more information. And, and that's one of the resolutions, too, was that uh, gardeners out there um, need to... There's so many neat resources, you know. If you have, right. they need to go check out plantanswers.com. They need to listen to the various gardening programs, see which one they like. They don't have to listen to all of us, but usually there's one, there's one or more that's convenient for them, and they can and they can learn something new, and then try new gardening opportunities. Uh, Milton, you brought up last uh, last weekend, a couple weekends ago, about the. Um, Mil- uh, water gardening at mm-hmm. Mill Rivers, all the opportunities there. Yeah, and there's a lot to learn. Yeah, that uh, and uh, there's a water garden society here in in town too. Water garden club, I guess it is. Yeah. Right. Well, that's interesting. Contact is water garden. Club. So, <clears throat> are you re- are you recommending in 2017 that people broaden their gardening and get into something that they're not used to, I, like water garden? Because you could, actually, with that, what excited me about the water garden was that you could, like, do the, you either have the big pond in your yard, which might be intimidating to people or not fit, but Millburgers, and it sounds like they'll, they'll sell it again, had the little containerized water garden that you could grow the plants if you wanted to and even have fish. And... Um, they were kind of in a whiskey barrel, or maybe mm. they were in a plastic thing, but it looked decorative, and so you had a little one, so you could kind of get into it, you know, any way you wanted to. I don't like the little ones. Well, you I can't know. get your feet in there. <laughs> sure, you can. You're not trying. <laughs> Sometimes you. I like to sit on the side of the water garden and put my feet in there. Mm. Let the fish. Let the fish swim between my toes oh. and stuff like that. Does that work? Well, for you? You, uh, <laughs> I, I can't if, get between my toes. <laughs> I wonder if uh, some other water gardeners have had the experience that we have. Judy has her a little water garden, and she used to have the fish, oh, goldfish. And he said used to have. Yeah. Well, I mean, she she developed an affection for those fish, kind of like the the little West <laughs> Island Terriers. So, after about three times, when the uh, Egrets came down. And <laughs> oh my gosh! Ate all the fish or the raccoons. And then, ah. they, uh, then, <laughs> then, she, then she decided it was just uh, emotionally. I can't deal with those, oh, my, my goldfish being <laughs> eaten like that every time. So now we don't have. So any. she stuck with goldfish rather than koi, at least. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. The koi is a little yeah. more expensive meals for. What the, do people yeah. do to protect? Uh, well, they do. They do. A lot of you can't be the only one with that problem. Oh no! Uh, the, my neighbor had that same situation, and uh, and what and Kevin's their water garden is kind of under a tree too. And what amazes me is how how do they find it? I mean, you're talking a big a big bird, yeah. You know, egret or uh, let's see, what, a heron or some of yeah. those types of things. And to be fly, do they fly over and see it? You know how. Well, that's, that is a, a mystery, not only of uh, the egrets, but but the thing on the on the egrets and goldfinch, they don't they didn't come every year. But if an individual did find, then he on its rounds, quite often would come back. You know? Oh, oh, really? Yeah, so so you, you you know he's hanging out at some, or they got a nest some uh, swampy area or someplace close or down at Mitchell Lake or and he just 
Maybe at a regular round of feeding, feeding areas. <laughs> Maybe the sound. Or, 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 Maybe the sound well, attracts even, and you can... Well, it's amazing, too. You know, we, we talk about this one on the watering, uh, providing water for birds. Just that little dripper. Yeah. Yeah. Um, attracts them. Yeah. The, and, and the birds, the migrating birds that are flying over um, somehow find that... Maybe there's enough of them, and then they, when they come in into an area, and they just, you know, cover 20 acres, and then mm-hmm. you just see, a, you, you get a better chance to see them because they're concentrated and they hang out at the, at the water. But that, that, yeah, that is amazing how they, if they hear it or if they see the reflection. Yeah, they must be attuned to it because yeah, I would. It, now they they'll they'll learn. Though some species live long enough and use the same migratory routes that they can find. They can remember? Uh, they, find, they, they remember better than I do. Yeah. Remember. You barely remember what was out in the yard. I know, especially last yeah. year's. Remember that water garden? <laughs> oh, my gosh. i got to feed those fish. <laughs> it's been a year. Yeah, Where'd they go? <laughs> it's like the painted buntings and the indigo buntings. Are, yeah. Almost every year, we get them for a short period of time at the at that water at that little water feature. But anyhow, that that's just an example of another area of gardening that you can really get into. And well, good app mm-hmm. is is another one. You know, you, you, there's some theory, there's some uh, uh, tactics. You know, thickets, food food sources. Uh, the butterfly garden is is, is is another one you can just kind of say I'm gonna spend a little more you know I'm gonna learn more about yeah this. And create the yeah that's a good idea and the monarch challenge that that gives you something that's got a little um, community impact too because I think most people see uh, having a monarch viable monarch population butterfly population as important and contributing to uh, all of our, you know, better environment. So, if you can, you know, you can contribute your little bit by putting, having milkweed and nectar sources. Uh, I saw, I saw a monarch uh, just last week. Still, even after the after, after that cold freeze, yeah. I, I guess they're hiding out. I don't, you know, it didn't bode well for the long trip that that, that he had to make. But uh, they're 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 still out there. There's a lot of those kind of projects. I think that, and then the neat thing about them is to get, is just kind of set some goals, do the research uh, necessary to become more more expert on it. That's half the fun. Mm-hmm. Even, even you know, as much as I tease about the the onion gardening, vegetable gardening. Since I retired, I mean, what a difference it makes if you actually weed your vegetable garden. You know, and plant when when you should when you're working. You yeah. Know, you all you know. Sometimes you both have to postpone, and yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, just you know, just a lot of uh, just kind of really satisfying to have a full, you know, tomatoes that produce as much as their potential is. Because oh yeah. Because you, you learned what the cultural practices are, and you follow them, and you fertilize enough, and um, so yeah, I th- I think those are. Those are worthy, worthy uh, topics to consider for resolutions. Well, the neat thing about uh, that <clears throat> is there's almost um, 
a group for everything that you could want to do, or if you want to do research or you need support, if you were going to do add more roses to your yard, you've got the Rose Society. If you were going to do a water garden feature, you've got the Water Garden Club. And then um, now for native plants, you've got Jerry's Native Plant Society. Oh, yeah. <laughs> how many people are at that meeting <laughs> uh, but yeah so you can I mean uh, even online although it's difficult probably online because you'd have to find local people because we you know the world seems so the world has gotten very small with the web but information that you get from uh, someone on growing tomatoes in uh, Wisconsin may be different um, than oh, yeah. information that you need in San Antonio. But, but you're in a city the size of San Antonio and it, with a <coughs> gardening history like we have and the nurseries involved and all the horticulture folks, um, experts, you can find a, a club. Oh, yeah. And, and the, uh, the Gardening Volunteers of South Texas that third Monday, so you, can start a, you can start at a regular garden club or like uh, GVST, go to their events, and you know they they talk about these some of these topics. There's people there that are interested and expert in those, those topics, and you can kind of build your own strategy. Well, let's see. Obviously, if I want to learn more about that topic, I need to go to the visit this club. Yeah. And I'm going to go. You know, they got a tour, gardening tour. I'm going to go on that tour and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll learn more about it. Does uh, I haven't been to one of the meetings with the GVST, their gardening gardening essentials. Do a they, five dollar donation is appreciated. That's what I hear. I hear it's really appreciated. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do they have like a question and answer? Uh, oh, they have yeah. they have two topics, but is there a just a broader yes general uh, ask questions? Okay, Tom cool. Tom Harris and Ron say say him. Yeah, yeah. Plus they have a, a side tables. Where they've got all the projects, and they and and one or oh, they've got a coordinator for each project. And quite often, you'll have three or four say, "Hey, we need uh, this is what we're planning. Um, we need need more help on this this shift. Here's what you'll learn while mm-hmm. you're there, and this is why it's fun, and this is why it's important to the community. So that that's a a place to get kind of connected and involved. The and it's different from the master gardeners in that you don't you don't have to make a formal commitment like you do the master gardeners. And, uh, and do master gardeners does the master gardeners have meetings each month? Some some have usually usually not each month. Okay. Some, well, I take that back. The the Bear County master gardeners have got various topics. Yeah, Dave, oh, David oh. usually David Rodriguez is usually given. You know, programs during the okay, and that, that so that's more it's that's more of a formal type. Yeah, for formal. Type. All right, we're gonna take a quick break and come back in just a moment. We'll get you caught up with the news right now. I'm Milton Glick. This is Millburgers Gardening South Texas with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons. We're re- recording the first show of 2017 because we're closed today at the nursery. So come on by tomorrow or come visit us next week, and uh, we will see you then. Uh, we'll take a break and be back in a moment on 9:30 a.m. This is the answer. With Millburgers Gardening South Texas. Once again, Dr. Jerry Parsons, Dr. Calvin Finch, Milton Glick, and your calls on 9 30 a.m. The Answer. 
Welcome back to Milberger's Gardening South Texas, our second hour of our first show of 2017. Milton Glick along with Dr. Jerry Parsons and Dr. Calvin Finch, and we're just uh, kind of talking New Year's resolutions. Are there any more that you wanted to talk about? Let's see, Jerry, can you think of any that are, are pretty exciting? Um, let's see, getting involved. Yeah. We mentioned the Gardening Volunteers of South Texas. You know, that's a that's a great way to, to get involved and to kind of pick and choose which projects you might want to be part of. If you want to get formally. So kind of your, your advice if they just tuned in was kind of don't get caught in a gardening rut, kind of go out on a limb and... Um, no pun intended. That's good, man. Thank you. But <laughs> you'd like that. And try some new stuff and uh, see uh, what you think of it. Um, another option um, might be to, you know, organic gardening is very, very popular uh, to the point where you might want to try to do some more synthetic gardening uh, and try to add more of the chemicals into your... No, oh, I yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I like I couldn't chemicals. resist that. Even, <laughs> you know... It makes the food taste better. Jerry, Jerry and I are rarely been accused of being uh, purely organic gardener, <laughs> but, but, but even uh, but which even is really actually unfair resolutions and I rarely think, to never yeah, yeah it's, it's unfair I think Jerry criticism. agrees on this is that our our thing is and it's a good resolution um, be reduce you know reduce the amount of pesticides you use whether it's organic or or manufactured um, and know why you're using yeah to say you know uh, well we know you know some of our uh some people we love and on calls on radio sometimes and you get these well this is the symptom i tried a fungicide an insecticide and a miticide and i don't know if it (laughs) you know didn't seem to affect you know you don't want to do that kind of a you you want to identify you need to you got a certain responsibility if you're gardening probably to try to identify the problem and then figure out a low the lowest toxicity kind of uh, solution and then you but you want to you want a solution that actually works yeah sufficient um, that that that's a worthy task too and that's n- that's not always easy there's a lot there's a lot to learn there oh yeah. And you can you can make some errors. The good news is that you can make some errors and and still you know learn as you proceed and do better uh, better next time. And remember, sometimes the best remedy is throw them in the garbage can or compost pile or something like that, rather than trying to spray them to, yeah. with something to you know, erase like the problem. Spider mites come to mind. Yeah, yeah, that's oh. a that's a good one. And the yeah, a lot of times too, you can. You can put up with a little damage, and uh, yeah, that's right. You, you know, you you got to kind of look at your goals. Uh, if you've got, you know, you know, a lot of us for a while are kind of automatically. There's an insect in the garden. It should nuke be, it. Yeah, <laughs> and then then we we got into this butterfly thing. Now wait a minute. Caterpillars are required for butterflies, so maybe I got to be careful what caterpillars I'm. <laughs> Uh, uh, killing, you know, there's no, and uh, I'm not raising my citrus, you know, I'm not trying to earn a living from raising my sit- backyard citrus, so I can put up with having a, a few uh, giant swallowtail caterpillars on mm. there. That that kind of. Uh, they look uh, like bird poop anyway. They're interesting. Yeah, yeah they are interesting. neighbors. <laughs> Merving, moving bird poop. <laughs> Yeah, so that so there's a there's a lot to a lot to learn there. That that is a good point, Milton. I, I think uh, I think it is desirable to learn more and more about uh, 
organic gardening and low toxicity. Well, and, and, and your point is good, too, which is that this idea of, uh, of researching and, and being um, more specific with what you use, because I'm guessing I was going to say this before, but I'm, I know the answer, and that is, so you're telling me that a incorrectly uh, used organic uh, insecticide or might kill beneficials and other things that you don't want to kill? They, if I remember right, yes, arsenic, yeah, has, has done some damage, and that's an organic control, yeah, and has been was used for centuries. Well, even BT, which is very, yeah, very nice, if it kills the, the, the what you're talking about, yeah, if it kills the wrong the caterpillar, and everything. yeah, then you see, it, it's not a selective caterpillar killer. In other words, it just doesn't kill uh, cabbage loopers. Then, right. Then we face all all cat larvae. I think one of the best lessons though this year, well, the, the monarch butterfly thing was a good one, but the uh, on the other side, the mosquito uh, situation, yeah, the diseases. Yeah. Oh yeah, with there there you are. Do you use? You know, they're trying to find things other than malathion, but still, malathion has been a pretty effective way to control uh, inexpensive way to control mosquitoes so sometimes you you uh, sacrifice and say well i don't want this virus to affect my children or um my spouse or the neighbors or uh, yeah. if you're yeah so so we at this point the best way to control them is a, a general spray of malathion so that's that's what you do realizing that you're going to you're going to affect some other beneficial insects and things that you don't have to have to kill but that's a tough decision and anytime you have a a a civilization or a community you got to make a lot of those tough decisions the more educated you are about it uh the better it is for everybody but still it's not always easy just looking back on the ddt controversy now uh we think the zika virus is tough they're dying with malaria. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at a death sentence with malaria just because of the, uh, and DDT was good for that, but uh, that got blown out of proportion as far as residual effect of DDT. But uh, at least with the Zika, it's, it seems to be controllable. I think they've removed the ban on travel to some places in Florida. No, I didn't know there was a ban. Oh, oh well... It wasn't a ban. For, it was a warning, yeah. warning oh, okay. for people, Alert, for yeah. women that uh, pregnant, Browns pregnant or yeah. The, no, I know pregnant. a couple of weeks ago they had uh, now in Texas they had cases. Yeah, they were. were I was listening to some interviews of of uh, young women down there that were pregnant, and they, they were asking them tough questions. You know, do you ever want to just feel like you just pack up and get and get out of the area? And she, you know, she says. Yeah. Man, I've got my career here. I've got I earn a living. Yeah, this is where my family is. I, and so we've got we've got to we got to take emergency steps to protect the unborn child and the mother. But but we uh, also have to in the long term have to figure out how to control this this situation. Yeah, and Malathion is not that. Uh the the way they uh, evaluate chemicals for toxicity is what they call LD50, and that's lethal dose of uh, of of a pesticide for 50% of 
of a rat population. And so, uh, or mouse population. And uh, so the LD50 on the uh, is on Malathion is very very safe. Uh, like seven, seven and aspirin has got a higher LD50 than uh, than seven does. So uh, and and so you want uh, yeah, Malathion is a good choice to control mosquitoes and it, and it works. You know, a, a quick another quick resolution topic is uh, that. And it is on the vegetables is that you can uh, you can improve the you know the, all that research and discussion about how important it is to uh, have a good diet right. to avoid diabetes and and those and that that's another good gardening resolution mm. let's let's have a vegetable garden because we it gives us some quality time with our family but it also allows us to deal, learn about better nutrition and, and uh, experience better nutrition, especially kids. Jerry and I have seen this at the, cla- at the, the gardens, the youth gardens. I mean, the ki- kids, kids will eat greens and vegetables if they've grown them. And yeah, you, you bring that up about your, your grandkiddo and the broccoli. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you have to start with a nice dose of... Uh, uh, salad dressing or something, but they, <laughs> but it's amazing how uh, their attitude is. Uh, you, they're willing to try something they've actu- actually grown and, and watched it grow. Yeah. You know, yeah. And uh, so that that that's really important. Plus, we're always looking for good exercise and looking for ways that the young people can uh, learn more about their environment and feel more in control of their environment and not completely subjected to whatever happens out there. And that's another thing, the research on youth education. Kids that participate in gardening programs um, seem to uh, be more, feel they have a more a stronger role in, in their communities and their lives and they, they control them. Uh, and <laughs> so and I was so trying they, to get Calvin a little closer to the mic. Uh, so they... There we go. Uh, <laughs> So like, they do better. Yeah. They even do better. They do better in schools. Yeah, all these things are worthy. What we're talking about is resolutions. Uh, yeah, this is New Year's Day, and, and this is resolutions for gardeners. So uh, check them out. Uh, Express News or go to my San Antonio and uh, see see how they can fit. Some of those can fit into your. So let's your see. If you've talked about uh, bringing the family in, uh, creating opportunities for that, like a raised bed or. Uh, uh, Branching out in terms of uh, more uh, uh, doing more with gardening, taking those steps to incorporate something that you haven't tried before um, into it, and then uh, being more responsible, doing more research. Um, what about this is tough too. I don't know. What about kind of again taking that step <clears throat> and growing something that you maybe haven't or was intimidated by or. The only trouble I can see with that is that there are probably things that you haven't grown before that maybe you shouldn't grow because they don't grow well here. But, you know, um, oh, if you... Uh, what are you talking about, marijuana and stuff like that? No, I mean that, like... You, Turnips? Like, like apple, apples. And that maybe... Uh, or, Acid-loving plants. Yeah, exactly. That. Uh, well, but Jerry and I have kind of learned... 
<clears throat> I, th I think we're both a little more tolerant of that because we've had some great supporting gardeners, master gardeners and such that have kind of looked at us and made faces at us when you said, you can't grow, grow blueberries here. Right. You can't... Uh, Oh, uh, you can't get uh, coho spinach. Yeah, you can't get coho spinach to reseed. <laughs> and so we got, you know, we got. There's a number of them that, that come come there with the coho spinach seed. Yeah, uh, yeah. Or or uh, the make a lot of containers. Them. Yeah, containers. Growing uh, tomatoes and blueberries in, in containers with a little shade cloth, and it, it just just uh, kind of make make you realize that. Uh, that there is a lot more opportunities out there, there, and it's not absolute. And we have to keep reminded, and it's it's harder when you come from a background like Jerry, a vegetable specialist, where he worked a lot with commercial folks, still works a lot with the nurserymen, and I was had a stint as a orchard person, a mm -hmm. peach grower and everything. But most most of the gardeners we deal with now are are in it for the fun and the interest in the exercise and the quality time so so it's uh not a not a bad proposition for them to try something new and even when even if we say now nah, that won't work or there pumpkins. must be there must be a good there must be a good reason why you that have a good pumpkin pumpkins come to mind yeah steve <laughs> steve, brown. steve brown and pumpkins and, and david rodriguez and pumpkins and do you have one of those stories where we we didn't suggest we suggest to people not grow pumpkins yet they did anyway and it turned out great steve brown and did uh, he grow did he did he, they? he tried some but all he got was the little ones <laughs> which is what we told him you right? know the, yeah. the worst the worst thing about the pumpkins are though occasionally you get you get one in your Compost pile. Yeah, they yeah. always grow better than I. Yeah, compost, three. Or you so. get two or three big pumpkins on that, and and then when you're telling people, well, no, they you can't grow them here, and they say, well, here's the pictures. Uh. <laughs> but what you got there in that compost pile is you got the seed is just waiting there. There's probably thousand seeds in there. They're just waiting there for ideal yeah. situation. A couple seeds maybe get germinated, and they, you know, once every ten years that might happen. But but that. <laughs> That's still fun. It's still fun to yeah, try. Yeah, even though even though you fail, it's still fun to try. Well, well and, and yeah, and Jerry, I mean, if you had listened to um, lots of naturalists and folks, they would say you cannot um, cannot produce blue bonnets as a commercial crop. And no, you can't um, isolate various colors. Uh, without GMO, you know, you know, and you just can't go out there, and uh, and of course he's proven that that wrong. We uh, started before we started with GTO, before GMO. GTO is the car. No, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to genetically tampered um, organism. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So okay. So that's another resolution. Um, and your article well, is in. Um, let's see. Today is yeah. Sunday, so it was yesterday. yesterday so they yesterday can go back to find it. Press news article. 
All right, we're going to take a break and uh, come back in just a moment. You're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas with uh, Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Jerry Parsons. I'm Milton Glick. The nursery is closed today. So stay home, enjoy the day, take a rest, and uh, we're going to start 2017 uh, live next week from the nursery. So uh, think about those resolutions and questions, and then we'll get to them uh, next Saturday. But we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment with more of our recorded edition of Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 a.m. This is The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick for Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. Millburgers wants to take this time just to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. We hope you have a wonderful Christmas weekend. After the holidays, we want to remind you of something. Millburgers will help you get rid of your Christmas tree with their Christmas tree disposal. From January 2nd through January 13th, you can bring Christmas trees bought anywhere, not just at Millburgers. Now make sure you get rid of all the ornaments and lights and wires and metals, but bring them over to Millburgers. They'll dispose of them and give you a coupon good for 20% off any regularly priced merchandise purchased by February 28th, 2017. Now there's some little details in this, so go to MillburgerNursery.com to learn more. That's MillburgerNursery.com. We hope you're having a wonderful holiday, and Millburgers will be here after the holidays to help you have a wonderful 2017 from Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Boulevardy Road. Dale Wamsley explains what happens when the government gets involved in your money. Cycles have normal restrictions upon them. And if it was a pure and open marketplace, you could count on cycles to keep us going in the right direction in a safe zone forever. But my friends, when the government gets in and gerrymanders the world, Cycles are not pure. The Dell Wamsley Radio Show, weeknights at 9 on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. When the weather outside is frightful, the birds are more delightful. With colder temperatures, birds are active at the feeders. If you want to enjoy the beauty and the thrill of watching nature in your own backyard, Wild Birds Unlimited Nature Shops in San Antonio can show you how. There is nothing quite like the enjoyment you get from watching finches at the feeder or purple martins teaching their young to fly. Wild Birds Unlimited Nature Stores can help you create the perfect backyard nature sanctuary. Whether you're a novice or an expert, one that attracts a certain bird or that keeps squirrels away, or even one where you can sit back and watch the playful squirrels at the feeder. Wild Birds Unlimited also has unique items for the nature enthusiast. You'll find binoculars, wind chimes, chili hats, carved canes, art for the home, and more. Wild Birds Unlimited Nature Stores with three San Antonio and Shirts locations like Northwest Military at Hebner Road or call 479-BIRD. That's 479-BIRD. Peace through planning. That's the motto of Weisinger Law Firm, and the planning begins with your free consultation with Charlie Weisinger. Charlie, you call yourself an estate planning attorney. What exactly does that mean? Well, Baron, estate planning is simply protecting you, your family, and your assets in case the worst happens. A basic plan includes a will, financial, and medical powers of attorney, health information releases, and directives for your physician. If you don't have these basic elements in place, it's an even harder year for your loved ones. Well, a lot of people put off that decision because of that. You're making hard decisions on a very hard topic, but knowing you, Charlie Weisinger, Singer, you make it so easy. Well, we spend about an hour in our first meeting where I learn a lot about you and educate you on estate planning. Based on that first meeting, we'll schedule a second where I'll present a plan to you. We'll sign documents, and that's where Peace Through Planning begins. It's three hours out of your life so you can have peace for the rest of your life. Let Charlie help you achieve peace through planning by calling Weisinger Law Firm. The number in San Antonio is 210-308-0800, 308-0800, online at weisingerlawfirm.com. It's a new year. 
that big changes are on the road ahead, including a new president in the White House. Will President Trump unhitch the dead weight that continues to drag our economy down? Cut regulations massively. Will he finally steer us in the right direction on our illegal immigration problem? These are just a few bumps in the road for 2017. So buckle up. It should be a fun ride. Happy New Year from 930 a.m. The Answer. Welcome back to Millburgers Gardening, South Texas, on 930 AM, The Answer. Hey, another um, just quick resolution, too, is to uh, um, educate yourself. I'm going to do this, too. I'm going to go out and do some more research and do some more learning. I saw Jerry's book, the Neil Sperry's book, but there's lots of uh, written information out there, whether it's plantanswers.com, it's your column every week, um, it's uh, lots of great books uh, that have information. So there's lots of studying that people can do, and, and that's enjoyable, too. The The gardening books are, are, are well-written, they're interesting, especially if you like gardening, so uh, and uh, um, and you can you get a whole variation there. There's some that are pretty philosophical, which is kind of neat. You know, Greg, some of Greg Grant's books, right? Where he where he relates his growing up. Oh yeah, with, uh, with his grandmother and in the in the gardening how he learned. And he's a good writer. Plus yeah. he plus he's a great horticulturist. So that's kind of the best best of both both worlds. But uh, yeah, we've we've got both Jerry and I have a list of books that. Some some of them I probably don't go to as much as I used to, but I still would could not have a library without Bill Welch's Perennial Garden Color. Oh yeah, or Neil's book, Neil Sperry's yeah. book. Um, I'm not as enthralled with the new version as Jerry is. I liked his I liked his old old version uh, quite a bit, uh, very well. And let's see, Wasowski, you know, we're neither neither of us. Both of us like well-adapted plants in addition to native plants, but they do a good job, on, uh, and we've had them. We had them at the International Master Gardener oh, yeah. conferences that we that we uh, organized. They're the book that's got the horse herb in there. Oh, that's right. You were talking yeah, about that. Yeah. Just, so you, you, you know, Jerry's as a, as on their a, team. As a native ground cover. I think you were one of the first people to come out. Now this horse herb's going to be popular. It's going to be the, <laughs> the plant of the year. And you were way back. And I, ho- I hope. I hope. I hope. I hope. <laughs> I hope I'm, look. Well, no, I hope well, our friend that that is listening uh, didn't lose a horse herb. You know, the yeah, one that loves that. the horse herb yeah. so much. Later, later in the month. I've got an, an article that on uh, just on horse herb, <laughs> and there uh, then I there I talk about Jerry's dedication. <laughs> you know, if it's not onions, it's horse herb. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, in the horse herb society, are the meetings still happening? Yeah, or well, are they taking uh, off for I, a couple I, months? I think it's just now getting it started. Oh, okay. You know. Well, but I'm I'm fascinated <laughs> by. Horse herb, probably because you pounded it in there. <laughs> but but the the other thing in my neighborhood, with those deer, yeah, you know, I've always heard, you know, I was in the wildlife management and forestry school my first three years of college, and you know, you always hear the deer don't eat grass, and so there in my neighborhood, you watch as these herds of deer go across the the lawns, kind of <laughs> chewing, chewing, chewing there. And it's and somebody says, I thought I thought you said they don't don't eat grass. Well, it turns out if you go look, they're feeding on horse, horse herb, herb, which is a is a, a browse is a oh. herbaceous weed. 
which has got a completely different st- structure in terms of nutrition. And everything they get, some, they do get some grass. Yeah, they have a percentage, and and if they're desperate, they'll eat more. But uh, that's just amazing to, to see. And horse herb, of course, if there's moisture, one of the few things that can keep up to uh, a, a bunch of deer uh, browsing. Yeah. They finish, get one end of the uh, neighborhood, and it's time to go back through the other. The other yeah. end. And they keep it short they and, do. and thick. Looks good. You know, that is this, ground on our sustainable winter turf, I haven't mowed since, uh, I guess, the cool weather. Has I haven't either. And uh, I w- always, you know, of course, early in the season, the rescue grass and the annual bluegrass and the horse herb are, are much more... They they seem uh, to grow more of a uniform rate, and they're not desperate to set seed. Yeah. So they they really really attractive at this time of the year. They the the, uh, the good getting back to that grass and deer. There's no doubt in anybody's mind that's watched deer, especially and Forest Appleton got multitude of pictures of deer eating grass. So deer will eat grass. Now, I got, we got into this argument with a neighbor about that because they'd he- always heard that uh, deer don't eat grass. Uh, now, the Axis deer, the I think each, it's an exotic, and I think it eats grass. Yeah, antelope. Antelope, antelope yeah. Antelope eat, eat grass. Too, yeah. But uh, the deer will eat the grass. Now, I talked to... Somebody that knows knows this, knows about this information. They said a deer will eat grass, a kind as a supplement. But uh, if you feed a deer only grass, in other words, if a deer eats only grass, if you you know give it a diet of only grass, it will die. Yeah, they, so it can't sustain itself yeah, on grass. Just don't have the mechanisms to digest it, but you know we used to. I worked for the Minnesota Conservation Department for a while. In one of the winters, when we they used to deer penned up in the winter right, when the right. snow, they they all get in a group, and of course they're they're isolated, and so we had to cut cut browse for them. Mm-hmm. You know, just cut some of the the seedlings down and the small trees down so they could reach the stems and. And everything to eat those, but the other the other thing that they'll uh, something like alfalfa. Oh yeah, I bet that, they like it. Yeah, it's alfalfa, red. It's, yeah, it's uh, high in nutrients. Yeah, and alfalfa is basically a herbaceous plant, just like your horse herb. And, yeah, and so that uh, yeah, if you're you may as well if you're you're feeding them feed corn and uh, <laughs> alfalfa to your deer out there in your. That's yeah. pretty expensive. Especially here, expensive. Especially here, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, isn't didn't didn't we have a was it a couple of years ago, Jerry, when we were talking about the deer crop, the corn crop in Texas? The majority of it was being used as field uh, field corn for corn for uh, deer, deer, yeah, rather than for f- food crop or <laughs> flour or anything like that. So. But anyway, it's uh, the uh, that grass thing is there's no doubt that deer eat grass. I mean, we got pictures. Forrest Appleton taking pictures in his lawn, and uh, but they just don't. That's not their main. Yeah, that can't be their main main. Uh, I think if you look at the uh, source. research results, there's 
Of course, it depends on the environment. Up in northern Minnesota, there's no, there was no grass for them to eat unless they went out in a hay field. But uh, here in the neighborhood, well, so depending on the neighborhood, the main food during the drought might be grass because they water the lawn. Yeah, yeah. And moisture, they're they're getting not only they're getting moisture and and you know just it's just amazing how. Um, Organisms can survive on less than mo- most desirable diet for a little while, and it's better than nothing for sure. So I want to, for those of you who dis- strongly disagree with this, please call in right now, <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll let you give your opinion. Well, okay. check <laughs> check to make sure that did you uh, your oh if you've got the. Uh, Check your lawn out. Make sure that they are, in fact, eating grass and not just not eating the horse herb. Yeah. And what was the other thing that uh, my horse herb article that I emphasized was the uh, butterfly. Oh, that's right. You, those, you, those you blacks, noticed that the butterflies were on Those there. black swallowtails. I couldn't believe it. It was, uh, it was uh, early in the year. Um and there weren't there weren't nearly as many blooms out there, but there there these black swallowtails are, uh, and getting nectar from those tiny little horse herb flowers, flowers yeah. and uh, seem to be doing fine. Uh, so we uh, maybe we have to treat it with new respect, Milton. We'll have to solicit pictures. People can send us pictures of their horse herb because there are some lawns that are <laughs> look gorgeous with it if they've mowed it and it's uniform and. Uh, we had a uh, someone down the street that was selling their home, and that's all they had was horse herb. It had, it, it had <laughs> taken over, and they want to look s- good. They want to sell it while they still got moisture. Yeah, yeah. it can dis- disappear pretty quickly, temporarily disappear. Yeah. I wonder if there's people out there that water their horse herb. Maybe so. I bet they do if they're trying to sell their house. Yeah, inadvertently water their horse herb. Mm. So meetings for the Horse Herb Society there will be announced in a couple right. weeks. And they'll be right after the onion and the rutabaga meeting. Oh, yeah, that'll be good. We should do a whole show on groups that shouldn't form. The, <laughs> the Ball Moss Society, probably there's no need for that. So have we gotten any calls about people that want to dispute the dairy and grass? Uh, uh, not dairy. that I can tell, no. I, oh, I'm not go. sure. I just, well, get, get those calls right in. We'll, yeah. we'll take you as you come. Yeah. You can uh, just... Uh, 308-8867. There you go. Call in talk right Talk to now. the studio engineer. We'll put you right on there. Yeah. that That's another top, topic that we I was thinking we want to, uh, we appreciate our listeners because our listeners don't hesitate to call us up and disagree. No, I know it. That's why I'm having to call today. Yeah, yeah when we're recording. <laughs> when we're not on there. Well, I, what I like about our listeners when they call. Now, after this week, we're not taking no, any calls. No, just only this week. Only and this they week generally today. call with, and then they, they provide their line of reasoning, uh-huh. which is always the best, you know, just giving them an opinion yeah. is is not usually convincing, even if it's just from us. But but they, you know, if you give some reasoning to it, then it gives us a real basis for a discussion and uh, we can check some things out. 
So that's a that's a nice relationship that we have with her. Oh, I agree. I like the fact too that we'll call and a listener will call in and we'll maybe we don't maybe we know the answer maybe we don't doesn't matter. But if they have a different experience or if they've got uh, our listeners have an experience that enhances what you guys have said, they'll call in. They'll feel and then say, I wanted to tell you, you know, I had the same situation as that woman that was calling from Seguin, and here's what we did. It worked out well. I mean, that's great yeah. that they yeah. get that that you guys feel as involved as you do. So keep that up. And if they disagree, we don't put them on there. No. <laughs> we have plenty of people <laughs> who disagree Jerry, with us. Jerry had a show like that before he came to this. I know. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I, it took me a while. To, when, when I used to sub for him, it took me a while to get used to that. <laughs> the uh, what, Who was our... our uh, Jerry King? Jerry King, yeah. And Jerry, get done, and I'd, if it was one where I was kind of stumbling or confused or anything, and uh, and then I'd... I would never hear it. <laughs> Jerry says, I pick and choose. Uh, <laughs> that's funny. You're going to go on the air. You sound so much better when you. Yeah. But we're live. We're live. We're, we're, we, we do ours live. Uh, our most commonly asked question I want Calvin to comment on this uh, that we've been getting for the last uh, week or 10 days is uh, freeze damage. Uh, my hibiscus, asperanza, bougainvilleas, and lantanas <laughs> all suffered the effects of the recent freeze. Should I cut them back now? And if so, how close to the ground? Most of them have a uh, quarter of an inch stumps, but I have some hibiscus with up to an inch uh, diameter stump. And so uh, that's Art Rollins wrote in on that. So uh, people are wondering what to do with their uh, freeze-damaged stuff. Now, the uh, our recommendation has been uh, you can cut them down if you want to, uh, but just because the leaves are frozen doesn't necessarily mean the main stem is frozen. And it'll be different depending on the plants, yeah. the different where they're Locations located. Locations. Now, I'm going to be more... Uh, you know, my, I would have uh, emphasized that uh, more than I will now because I've gone through my yard and and noticed that uh, you know some some of the lantana really is knocked back and and salvia knocked back and the tomato. I was telling Jerry and Milton that the, well, my tomatoes, every plant is got frozen, 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 and then it also. Uh, and then it also uh, also the fruit the fruit the fruit froze so that the uh, you know it just kind of it just reminded me of how long that freezing temperatures were in place and that this may be the year where we'll, we maybe we'll have for sure I think Poinciano will be frozen back yeah. firebush yeah. Uh, Duranta got hit. The foliage and the booms all wiped out in my yard, but I'm not sure that the stems uh, they, they may be so that uh, that that's consistent with your um, analysis too. It depends on the plant. So one of the best things to do is just to wait until uh, you can see a little bit more what's going to happen. Well, the good news on all those though are that cutting them back. It's not all that bad. Yeah, it won't hurt. Is is it important to time the cutback 
So if you do it now and it warms up, are they going to kind of try to fight no. back? Oh, no, if they're if they're frozen back. Oh, is it ground that's the issue? It's frozen temperature? to the ground. Okay. Now, it's possible. I know I've seen this with uh, Turk's cap and uh, especially a uh, fire spike. Uh, Oda Nanita. But uh, when you, a lot of times when you cut those back and it warms up, you'll have some sprouting. But even if that freezes off, it uh, oh, okay. it, it's, it's not harmful. One thing that will be different this year, that the last two years, the uh, native lantanas bloomed all winter. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. It's, yeah. it's not, even if the, some of the stems are still alive, uh, it's not going to be, we're not going to have a bloom all winter. No. And I kind of think the stems will be be li- dead. Be frozen back, yeah. It'd have to be pretty sheltered to escape that. Neil Sperry writes, he said, let the plant's stems be your guide. If the leaves turn brown, they may be all that was killed, just the leaves. That's what I mentioned a while ago. But if stems turn brittle or or mushy, Hmm. and slick and mushy, then that part of the plant has been frozen. So you might as well... You might as well uh, take it off if the, if, the, if the stems turn up. And you say, how, cl- how close to the ground do you do it? Uh, again, you can cut down. I like ground level. The ground, the ground level. Some people like to leave some s- stubs. Yeah, we had a question from somebody that wrote in. Hang on a second. We're going to take a quick, quick break. So we're going to take a break. Come back. Is it a hard break? No, 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 no. No, it's okay. Okay. Back in a moment, you're listening to Millburgers Gardening South Texas with Dr. Calvin Finch and Dr. Joe Parsons. I'm Milton Glick. Back in a moment on 9.30 a.m. This is The Answer. Hi, it's Milton Glick for Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Bulverde Road. Millburgers wants to take this time just to wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas. We hope you have a wonderful Christmas weekend. After the holidays, we want to remind you of something. Millburgers will help you get rid of your Christmas tree with their Christmas tree disposal. From January 2nd through January 13th, you can bring Christmas trees bought anywhere, not just at Millburgers. Now make sure you get rid of all the ornaments and lights and wires and metals, but bring them over to Millburgers. They'll dispose of them and give you a coupon good for 20% off any regularly priced merchandise purchased by February 28th, 2017. Now there's some little details in this, so go to MillburgerNursery.com to learn more. That's MillburgerNursery.com. We hope you're having a wonderful holiday, and Millburgers will be here after the holidays to help you have a wonderful 2017. From Millburgers Landscape Nursery at 1604 and Bulvardy Road. If you're listening to this station, I can tell we have a few things in common. You care about this country, your family, and your faith. My name is Dixie Bishop, owner of Texas Plumbing Diagnostics. We'd like the privilege of serving you when you have a plumbing problem. That's what the diagnostics is all about. With our skilled licensed plumbers and leak detection technology, we can find that hidden leak that's affecting your foundation or turning your yard into a swamp. We at Texas Plumbing Diagnostics are not on commission. Our flat rate pricing will cover it all. And of course, we do it all, from water heat and softeners to stopped up drains and new gas lines. See why Angie's List has given us the Super Service Award five years in a row. Or read our testimonials at our website, tpdtx.com. Call us at 210-698-9790 for Texas Plumbing Diagnostics. We respond to your emergency. Stat. Texas Plumbing Diagnostics. We respond to your emergency. Stat. 
Hi, Rose. Thanks for coming over for lunch. Come on in. Ah, thanks, Linda, for having me. Wow, it smells like garlic in here. Are you trying to ward off some vampires? <laughs> Not at all. I recently read an article on the health benefits of garlic, so I'm trying to add more into my daily diet. Why don't you just take Kyolic Aged Garlic? What's Kyolic Aged Garlic? Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract is the number one best-selling odorless garlic supplement on the market today. Notice I said odorless. Oh, really? Tell me more. Not only is kyolic organically grown, but it's aged for 20 months, creating beneficial compounds not found in fresh or powdered garlic. Is there any research? Can you believe there's over 750 published scientific studies that prove aged garlic extract reduces many cardiovascular risk factors and supports overall immunity? So where can I get kyolic? Kyolic aged garlic extract is available at fine health food stores everywhere. Check out their website at kyolic.com. This is Albert Moeller for townhall.com. Every year brings surprises, but 2016 might set a record. In the biggest news of the year, Hillary Clinton wasn't elected president of the United States, and Donald Trump was, thus reshaping our nation's entire political landscape. It was a year of populist uprisings around the world and the year that Britain voted to leave the European Union. Terrorist attacks continued, including a weaponized truck attack on Bastille Day in France. In Europe, a refugee crisis grew even larger. In Syria, the heartbreak continued, and in Turkey, a coup was defeated. 2016 brought the deaths of many, including dictator Fidel Castro, heavyweight champion Muhammad Ali, and Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia. The biggest surprise of all came when the Chicago Cubs broke a century-long streak of losing to win the World Series. Seriously, we can only pray that 2017 will bring good news for us all. I'm Albert Moeller. And welcome back to the final segment of Millburgers Gardening South Texas for our show today. So uh, lots of great information. Uh, the show's recorded today, so no need to call in. Uh, just sit Unless back. you have a complaint about the deer eating the grass. Oh, deer eating grass in general. Okay. We want those calls. I don't know who's on the board today, but they'll they'll answer your. They, they'll answer. They your will call. hear your complaint. Yeah. And uh, and make you feel better <laughs> about it. They're, we are very. We'll see how many calls we get. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so do we want to go back to the... Uh, yeah, oh, the, gonna... the cutting back and the freezing back. Okay. Uh, we got a question that says, I have several hibiscus plants that are growing really well and tall, eight feet in height. Uh, should I trim them way down to make them stronger roots or just surrounding branches? Does it say what kind of hibiscus? Uh, I assume it's Chinese. Question regarding, it doesn't say what kind of hibiscus. But I assume it's Chinese, the one that stays evergreen and it will freeze back. What's the best way to trim hibiscus in general? Also have a couple of shrimp plants that are very bushy. Uh, what are the best ways to make these plants stronger? Uh, I would also like to bunch them together. Should I cut them down near the root? And I think after the after the freeze, uh, I, I, I may not took out most shrimp plant all the way to the root. Yeah, I'm afraid that the shrimp plant and Turks cap don't. I mean, as, as desirable as they are for for plants for the blooms and for um, producing color in in the shade, they they don't respond. You can't manipulate the thickness of the stems and their growth habits based on cutting them back. Yeah. I think they just come back the same no matter what. Right. And so you cut you cut them back just to make 
clean up the bad, and then they'll come back the way they were and yeah. bloom for you a few years and have Forrest, to do it again. Forrest writes them back. Anytime after the freeze, you can cut them back to the ground. Uh, if you haven't had a killing frost or freeze by mid-February, this was written before the freeze, I recommend that you prune both of these plants at that time by cutting them back to the ground, even if you didn't have a freeze, for which we've had. They will come back from the roots and be stronger plants. So, uh, that but, but they're not going to be trees. I no. They're not no. going to be single-stem trees, no matter what you do on that. So that's the best way to you know, handle that. Sometimes you read, you know, when you'll read the uh, stats on plant answers, you'll read them in there for the week or for the month. Do you right. all do a year-end type thing and say in, with the, in 2016 the most asked topic was or the most visited thing? No. Oh. Can you do it? It'd be kind of interesting no. to see on a year. Okay, I don't want to do it. <laughs> Shut up, man. <laughs> it seems like a good idea to me. Uh-huh. Okay, it's a part of, part of our news or uh, New Year's resolution, you know, to expand our outlook. Yeah. And apparently, just Shut some up, of us, some of us are just taking that viewpoint. Others, not so much. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I could talk to my webmaster and see if I don't know if they could run a. Yeah, they can probably do it from December, January one to we, December thirty fourth. Yeah, we've got the we've got the even monthly. Yeah, you might yeah. be interested to find out what it was. You might not. No. <laughs> well, I, I, I think that it's maybe more interesting and more revealing when it's a seasonal kind of thing. Yeah. Well, no, it, it's it's very revealing then because you're, then you're finding out what people are mostly. In. But you know, for instance, if you found that last year. Uh, in 2015, the most uh, visited thing was blank, but this year it was something totally different. You might be able to gather mm-hmm. information from that to the people who are no longer interested in the other thing. They're really or, interested in, or in the grass onions, and deer or, and onions. Or oh, the weather. Course, or, you're going to break the Internet with that onion Or thing. the weather was just completely different. Yeah, that's true, too. You would, uh, uh, yeah, that, Don't even bother. Well, thank you. Because that, 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 that we can see that quite often. But there is a, there's always aberration uh, in the, of just uh, some plants. People just get excited. Oh, over, overseeding. I Are you growing well. aberrations? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I love them. They're a lot like rutabagas. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's neat. We don't talk about that a lot. <laughs> I uh, love them steamed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, you know the, uh, the radish? I was looking, oh, at, looking at the things affected, affected by the... <laughs> Affected by the cold, and uh, sweeter. No, the, the the radishes took it kind of took it on the on the chin. Uh, the foliage, foliage, yeah, and everything. And uh, um, let's see, beets, beets did all right. Lettuce did fine. The uh, collards and broccoli, they they always do. Is it looks like they're really taking a hit, hit it from the, yeah. the cold. They all kind of lay down and then. They're back perk up. up. Yeah, perk mm-hmm. up once the weather stabilizes. So, yeah, don't be too, too quick. It's just, just the same in the vegetable garden as it is out in the landscape. Don't be too quick to make a judgment on on the freeze damage. Especially on the cold crops. Yeah. Cause you, usually with the uh, the broccoli and cauliflower especially, it depends on the... Uh, it depends on the maturity of the plant. In other words, broccoli will freeze if if the plant has got little broccoli on it. In other words, broccoli heads already on being formed. 
But if it doesn't, it won't freeze or, or won't freeze as easily. Of course, if it's the one, the cauliflower, you know, where the heads have been harvested. Yeah. It just reminds me there's no no really reason why you left the cauliflower plants in there. You know, they're just filling space. Although having a nice big plant with all that foliage laying down helps keep the weeds out, too. So well, sometimes that is not not a bad idea to just leave them there for a little while longer. People always wonder if it's too late to plant thyroid or, or a winter cover crop. That's always a problem here because we we will start well we we will within in a matter of days we will plant the seed for the uh, tomatoes for next spring for this spring. Uh, the early tomatoes always go to the Rio Grande Valley because they they don't freeze as late as we do, but. Uh, the, for instance, the rodeo tomato takes, uh, uh, at this time of the year, depending on the weather and everything, takes about six six to eight weeks from seed to sale of a transplant. So you think about the days January 1st, that's about six weeks Yeah, for the time of the rodeo. So uh, we have to get those, those seed planted. And the uh, we've already picked the rodeo tomato for uh, this year, and it will be called the rodeo tomato for 2017. Oh, that's yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. it's amazing. Yeah, your committee put that together, huh? Yeah, yeah. Six meetings. Yeah, and, yeah. We, we had a vote. Or RT 2017. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what else has started? What? The uh, mystery plant. Oh yeah, talk about that a sec. In the uh, the mystery plant program, it's been every year I think for like last eight years. Every week there's a a photograph. Uh, either Jerry is taken, or I've taken, or Judy this year has taken a lot of the the plant. Uh, and you get an opportunity to identify it. You either go to the website for the Wilson County News, or you uh, if you get their newspaper, it's in the newspaper. And then you get a $25 gift certificate. Now, a lot of times, a lot of people will get it right, and they'll have a drawing. But uh, it's it's a lead-up to the big, the big uh, uh, this year it's called South Texas Home, Garden, and Environmental Show. Goodness. And it's this year it's sponsored by the San Antonio River Authority, the mm. Floresville Chamber of Commerce, uh, and, of course, Milberger's... Uh, Gardening South Texas, Wilson County News, uh, AgriLife Extension, uh, some of the Master Gardener chapters. Garden. Where is it going to be? Is it still going to be at the Alta? No, it's going to be at the Civic Center. Oh, my goodness. Two days, March wow. 4th and 5th. We're going to have Last Chance Forever there. Uh, your favorite uh, yeah, the raptor. raptor show on both Saturday and Sunday. And so Very be a cool. landscape school and everything. But anyhow, on the contest... Uh, Go to their uh, website if you don't uh, subscribe to the newspaper. And some of the plants that we've been talking about today will show up. It's going to be one of the mystery plants. Oh, some of the oh, mystery yeah, plants. Some of the mystery plants that we've talked about today that we've talked about prominently and spent a lot of time on. They'll show some of them will be 
beautiful blooms, and they some of them will be more interesting, different kind of plants. They may even have onions. I'm not saying. Yeah, not it's, it's a mystery. <laughs> hey, I'm going to bring up one more thing, too. I, uh, one of the, the folks that sponsors the show is Wild Birds Unlimited. You had talked about New Year's resolutions. That's a great one to do, too, is this year add into what you do to not only enjoy your landscape by looking at it. You mentioned butterflies, uh, but uh, by visiting the folks over at Wild Birds Unlimited, that there are three locations in San Antonio. I'll tell you those in just a second. Uh, they can help you uh, bring nature to your yard throughout the year through a variety of different things, uh, through uh, different feeders, or Purple Martins will be uh, coming back pretty soon, and you can get a feeder of uh, a Purple Martin house over there. They've got great ones. Um, maybe it's uh, just a... Books. A, books. Yeah, uh, lots of great books, uh, binoculars, tilly hats. Uh, but the idea being that uh, if you want to... Uh, you know, maybe you've always heard us talk about that part of uh, of uh, enjoying the yard is, you know, which birds are there, which birds are coming through, or uh, even, you know, I, I don't know, you guys not so much, but I know a lot of people do, talking about squirrels and how fun they are to watch. Um, and fun they are to eat. Well, yeah, that's not... They're not interested in eating them at Wild Birds Unlimited. What? No, they're just in- interested in bringing them to the yard, not for edible purposes. Uh, but fattening them <laughs> up? They're not interested in fattening them up? No. No. They, they, if you enjoy oh, squirrels... I thought uh, that's what the squirrel feeder was for. No. It's just uh, to... Just to watch a squirrel? Yeah. Absolutely. I, I imagine people see different things when they see a squ- when they watch the squirrel. I don't think he's helping. I am. They're, they're, they're watching... <laughs> They're watching the cuteness of it eating the corn. Yeah, the playful antics. The and I'm thinking. My, my, I'm thinking about that meat. I know you are. My Spider-Man uh, uh, guy that uh, comes every every month. He says, "I've never seen so many squirrels in my whole life." <laughs> I said. That can't be true because I have four West Highland parents. Yeah, that would take care of me. All right. So we'll leave the squirrels out of this. But uh, birds and other nature uh, you can bring to your yard, and they can help you. Uh, and the, the thing I like, too, about them is when you talk to, uh, say, Bill over at Northwest Military and Hebner Road at that location, or Denise out there on 3009, uh, just about a, maybe a mile east of, uh, of I-35, or Cam over there at the new location at Braun in 1604, uh, these are guys that know what they're talking about, and they develop a relationship with uh, the, their clientele. So it really becomes more than just going by. It's you know you can ask questions, you can talk, you can brag, uh, but you're helping other people, and so it's kind of fun. It's kind of that old-fashioned. So it's Wild Birds Unlimited. So if that's one of your resolutions, go by and visit them today. That's right. The neat thing about birds is. You don't have to furnish the birds. All you have to do is furnish the feed. Yeah, the birds come the free. The birds come. Well, and and <laughs> yeah, no, it's right. And that, you can go even go further here. And if you're in San Antonio, in a lot of the neighborhoods we're talking about, there's a huge number of species you just don't yeah. realize, and they're easy to see. All and you know, putting out bird feeders or or bird bass or moving water, mm-hmm. it just makes them easier for you to observe. And then our plantings, of course, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a great way to, that actually can increase the population because you've created cover and, and food sources and, uh, and lots of, just, just, it's just an exciting, another one of those exciting areas of gardening you can get involved in and then supplement it with the, the feeding so that you can get a, a, a more opportunity to observe what you actually have. And we, we were amazed 
when uh, last year Milton, Jerry, and I uh, did that suet mm-hmm. suet experiment together, and all the all those species that uh, you wouldn't expect came to. Yeah, I like the I like that, and I like the the block feeder too. That seemed to eliminate some of the um, flying pigs uh, that came by <laughs> and. Uh, it was mostly the uh, doves. Uh, yeah, the yeah. If you just put it out, the doves just—they were still getting stuff that fell, but the ones that were coming to the uh, the block feeder, the suet feeder, I guess, were much more interesting and and, yeah, and these, colorful and. Right. It's interesting how they find that stuff. How quickly they. Find yeah, it. they do, and I think they go tell friends. Yeah, most and do. What I thought was interesting too is you'd see a couple of uh, of birds on there, maybe the smaller ones. And they've just been eating for, you know, minutes. And all of a sudden they stop and they leave. And then, then the big old birds come in or like the woodpecker. Yeah. Or the, yeah. It's like, well, how did they know that the woodpecker wanted on the thing? <laughs> they don't, yeah. Well, I always, always uh, it amazes me, too, when there's all the seeds out there and the suet and everything and there's no birds. It's hard to believe. And then I've, I've learned that that means oh. that, that my little... Uh, my hawk is out there someplace, you know, and that hawk is getting pretty tame. And then, and when you're out there working in the yard, and you you kind of get sense that this you're being watched. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's even scarier when she when she swoops down and fly, Ooh, really <laughs> flies through. Yeah, uh, but guess uh, what I heard the other day in my backyard at the wall. An owl hooting, hooting, hey, hooting how about out that? And, uh, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself. We saw. I bet I can find that. You know, if I went out to find that, who knows? After the after that freeze, we saw a pair of uh, great horned owls. They, huh. they were just kind of looked like they got. I don't. You know, they were looking for shelter or something, and they were just kind of in the open. And when we walked the docks by, they, they moved out. So, oh, okay. So they're. I guess they're here for the winters. Maybe so. Mm-hmm. I, I've not heard. Yeah, a hoot owl. In a long time. Was it hey. great horned or was it barred owl? Ah, we're just hooting. All right, we got to go, guys. So we're finished up for today. We're back next week here at Millburgers. So we'll be live. So uh, come join us then. Milton Glick, uh, on behalf of the Docs, wishing you a very happy 2017. We'll see you next week on Millburgers Gardening South Texas on 930 AM. The Answer. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.